Welcome to Upholding Matters, a podcast devoted to talking about what matters. Now, I was raised to believe that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness were things that mattered. And certainly they are the unalienable rights that Jefferson wrote about in the Declaration of Independence. We will talk about how to uphold them, how they hold us up, and why that matters. Welcome to Upholding Matters. I'm your host, David Paul. And welcome to our Ides of March edition. Now, a lot of people have heard of that, the Ides of March, probably through Shakespeare. And the story is that a soothsayer got Julius Caesar's attention and told him that. Beware the Ides of March. That's a day in Roman tradition where debts are settled and, uh, you know, it had some meaning. Kind of like our, what is it, when you have to get your income tax in. That's the Ides of April. Anyway, and I just made that up. I don't know. There's computer programs now that do your taxes and you don't have to get much into there if you have simple deductions or no deductions. Government, huh? You like to get a little something back. And if you think that the United States of America is a land of the people, by the people, for the people, you know, we're the people, that's what upholding matters really is about protecting and celebrating the life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that our way of life affords. Of course, there are changes. Um, There are economic trends that are taking away, hollowing out, if you will, middle Americans. I mean, people's parents and grandparents, they just did things differently. They looked at the world differently. They had equity. Wealthy people paid a lot of taxes, 70, 90% of stuff over a level. I mean, that's wasn't even given a second thought. And um, I remember back in the day, the Beatles, there was talk about moving some of their assets here. Somewhere along the line, some of these tax liabilities had loosened up. But if you're British and want to come bring your money to America, where you're going to get taxed at 70%, they must have had a lot higher taxes in England. And of course, upholding matters deals with the world. And uh, post-war England and uh, pre-modern England, I mean, there was a time there that they got kind of hollowed out Similar, I think, you know, it's just my opinion to the process that's playing out over a much longer time in our country. But so we have the convergence of these economic forces. Now, everybody is coming around to realizing that the environment must be saved or there won't be an America, there won't be an us to pursue anything. And I know that sounds a little dire, but in truth, 
it could be cataclysmic if you're having the problem, right? So I can sit here and the East Coast can be battered by hurricane and flooding and I feel really bad for the people, but I'm not affected. And if someone connected that to climate change, the increased severity of storms, the rising of the oceans, and you live there, those would be flashpoints that would demand a much greater attention on your part. So, but the realization for all of us is that these changes to climate are going to affect us. So we have economic change, we have climate change, and we have political change. We now have a president of the United States that has driven a wedge, and we don't need, you know, I don't know if it's on purpose. I mean, the stuff Steve Bannon says about just ripping it all up and you know, coming at it anew and everything. I mean, I, those are one of the, you know, some of the things you can't dispute. I mean, everything needs to be leveled off, brought up again, torn down, rebuilt. These are the cycles of life. Now, what we try and do in America, which I hope we try and do, is to make those cycles and shifts and changes. And for instance, the steel industry, the automotive industry, all these were enormous revenue creators, probably pollution creators, but we um, had, you know, if you lose your job as a steel worker or uh, auto worker, again, that's like the hurricane. It's cataclysmic. Your income can go down to nothing. You can be forced to no longer have insurance. And so any number of little things that used to be minor inconveniences can send you to the poorhouse and just knock you out of the box. Which makes me think about our homeless. There are so many people and they're more and more and more and I feel so bad. I, it's, uh, it's a will to fix it. I mean, I've had people tell me that they're the power players and when you know the people, they sometimes tell you that unvarnished truth especially if they know you're not going to run out and spout what they said but a lot of times they're very cautious and I understand that you don't want to just lay out your true opinions for anyone your kids your wife your best friends so you're not going to do it for a social acquaintance unless of course I would imagine they felt that you know I was seeking a genuine answer for no other reason than to just have facts. Well, that's why we dig into this. That's why we mix and mingle and go out amongst each other. And Wow. Let's talk more about that. So I was blessed last Monday to be able to get a ride to an event. I love getting rides to events. It makes it so much easier, especially at night. It's difficult to see, and that's why I just don't even try if I can't get a little ride sharing. So I went to an event, 
put on by the League of Women Voters. And now, just jumping forward a little bit, I was at a meeting the next day where somebody from an Autobahn Society chapter was complaining. And it turns out that just the night before, I had heard about this from people within the League of Women Voters and people spread out and, you know, have other interests and know other people. And so there is another Autobahn Society that is a competitor. And so, and again, people that participate in civic matters belong to different clubs and crossover. And so a lot of the League of Women Voters are people that are from some Democratic club, and they sure have the wind at their back, the momentum. And I always got to pop in Katie Hill. You know, we, these are rapidly moving times, and the discussion of Andrea Ocasio-Cortez and, you know, all these freshman members and young people put in committees that are very important, appropriations, intelligence, all these things. So they're making waves even with their presence. And so you have, you know, infighting and the Democrats, the Autobahnists. Fortunately, the League of Women Voters is clear. I think there's only one chapter. And they do put out a good debate. So, and they have a great website. If you're politically inclined or want to know in your local area what candidates are on the ballot, and it is sometimes hard in local governments or state, you know, county to get the powers that support one of the other major sides to promote you. So just a statement or some other publication that mentions that you're a candidate, this is what the League of Women Voters does so well in a real unbiased way, you know, they just put the information out. So other places, there might be a propensity to put your thumb on the scale and promote some more than others or neglect some more than others. You know, we saw that in the last election where measures were taken by towns to limit voting by telling them that the place where they vote is under construction and they had to move it down. It's just games. People play games. And uh, many of our last shows have been committed to looking into that. as more or less mocking it because I, what passes for truth, this is what's going to help us. And we have to find some higher standard. So Wednesday, we have a criminal justice meeting. And it was great because the guy that's the consultant that's there to help meld a hybrid Los Angeles County Sheriff's Police, which we have a contract for in this city. And it's like $27 million, and it's the largest portion of the budget. goes towards hiring the county deputies as our police force. But the mayor wants to have another police force. And I've been asking, how can you have two powers that have arresting power. And but I'm waiting for someone to 
answer the question because it's kind of a silly question in a way to get a better answer. For instance, it's not about who you can arrest. It's about who you can prosecute. So you certainly can't have a police force that's not connected to some district attorney for the state who is going to go after on the basis of your arrest in a court of law to get a conviction for this crime, this law that you broke. So we'll see. So the consultant was there and he got to see how this commission functions. All these prominent leaders of the community on the dais and the city staff and uh, sheriff's department, the state police, the district attorney, our public safety people. It's a very good gathering to hear the crime reports and know what's going on. And mostly for the citizens, I think, because, well, a lot of times it happens that one agency does not really know what the other one is doing or, you know, I mean, your street level cop deputy, they're not reviewing logs to see, unless it's their case, what what files and charges have been filed in the last month and how that relates to last months. And, you know, so statistics can be very boring and dry. And there's something that you can learn from comparing these things. So, but it's, you know, you, your brain, that's where your brain kicks in and you, your own analytics. And if you look at these timelines out six months, a year, two years, 10 years, you know, the trending, well, a lot of times, who cares? It's happening right now. That's what matters. And upholding our country, that's what matters. Now, there was this tragedy in New Zealand where some nationalist went in and shot up people in a, I think it was Christchurch. So, but they're foreigners and he's a nationalist and he doesn't want foreigners. And he mentioned in his ramblings that he supports Trump and he thinks that Trump will like what he did. And so that's the larger picture. You know, what does the mass mindedness that makes it okay to do that and then to cite someone in our country, our president, as a source or a proof of your position. Uh, it's, it's sad stuff. So now here is a great lesson for me. I, the, you know, life's lessons that you get that you don't see coming and it don't hurt you bad. Those are the ones that you can learn from. If they hurt you bad, you still learn quite a bit. And hopefully, I heard a story of some guy that ran on the beach in his bare feet and cut his feet and had an infection and had a rough time with that. And then two years later, thinking... Everything's great. Ran on the beach again and got the same problem and now has a much more severe problem. So he didn't learn from that mistake. 
And God knows if you'll learn from this one. The point is that if something is a problem or causes harm, you have to examine it. And you have to at least, you know, throw it up there in your noggin. Let it roll around a little bit. And that's what life's about to me. Letting stuff come to you through contemplation and sleep isn't a great thing where Americans are pretty short on sleep as as a whole. I don't know many people that get the right amount of sleep and sleep is difficult under many circumstances. And imagine if you're a person who has to travel for a living or a newscaster or a ball player yeah, you're getting paid all that money, which must be very difficult. I have a hard time managing it just sitting around the house. So, one of the things that I try and look at, keep a pace, finger on the pulse of what's going on, is this social media that I've just reintroduced myself to. I still have mixed emotions, but you have to understand it. And I can see where the manipulation occurs and who cares who would, you know, read or contemplate the studies that show, and which one do you trust? What the influence actually was in the last election due to these social media campaigns and the like. Well, it had some effect. And yet... To say that that false narrative put upon us was in contrast to the truth we otherwise would find is a little false as well because there are so many other sources of really bad information that we don't question. So, for instance, there I was and I saw this post come up about a priest, ex-priest, who had been implicated in, I'm not sure if he even went to trial, but molesting, you know, dozens of boys. And he was murdered. He was shot to death. He was found shot to death in his home or wherever he lived. And so it was hard. You know, you want to have some compassion, but... You know, cheer, hey, one less wretch to offend again. And some of that's true, because he created a lot of harm, past, present, and future. People have to clean up the mess. So that was the post. I, I just said I felt sorry for the people that had to clean up the mess. Well, who is that? I mean, and I put as my premise that all the child victims of this guy as he was allowed to move from place to place to place and continue to harm children. If all those children had received the best of care and had had some vindication, some feeling that their church, their moral post, their guidepost had made things right and not just shipped the guy to a new parish where he could do it again. You know, that tears at the fundamental beliefs, the belief that there is good, and this priest is supposed to be this good guy. 
So you would think they take care of it, but you know, imagining it or pretending it is just, it's fantasy. And it's in part meant to show the futility of that because you can't even start at the spot where the kids got good treatment after the bad. But then all the people that have to treat them, the doctors, the therapists, the clinicians that have to help this child, because, you know, you just don't give them a pill or wave a wand. It's a lifelong process of overcoming this harm. And even now, some district attorney, there's no one to arrest, but they still have to find that person that shot this guy and prosecute him. Someone had to carry him out of the house, and I don't know if you can say, oh, yeah, the guy worked for the morgue for many years, and he's used to go picking up bodies. These things have an effect. And, you know, if you can divorce yourself from, I mean, you have to do this in war, certainly. But if your job is for extended periods of time to divorce yourself from the humanity around you, that has an effect. So it's a sticky psychological wicket for all these people that lend help to the harmed person because they know that that could have been stopped. This this could have been the last case or this case didn't need to happen if the last one was stopped. A lot of that has to do with, you know, religion and not questioning and they have the authority and the... Oh. And it's not about the church. You think about Jerry Sandusky and Ohio State or wherever the heck this guy was. Penn State. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Ohio State. Um, or he was just abusing boys in the shower. And they walked by and saw him. And it's, it's, it's because no one would disrupt the program or the uh, integrity of the institution whatever they're trying to protect. And that becomes a problem. So now, the United States of America, we have to protect the integrity of our United States. There are problems. We do work on problems. We have to get out there and make our voices heard, participate, find out what's going on, and always make your argument in a way that does not incite violence. Nothing pisses off someone more than staying calm in a turbulent situation. Don't you care? Well, yeah, deeply. And I care to control myself and just agree on the markers that we all agree on. We want our country to survive. We want our Constitution to mean something, and we want our values upheld by being allowed to participate in a way that's free of the emotional strife that is bound to make it fail. If you come at it that way, you're either going to win or lose, but we all need to win. We still all can. Beware of the ides of everything. We have to remain vigil and participate and 
upholding America. Oh, I'm going to bleed back in. Thank you for your patience. The social host ordinance that was brought up at the Criminal Justice Commission meeting wants to increase penalties for parents that have kids that party at home and arrest them and make them subject to fines and stuff like that. And with all the crime and crap and meth and crazy drugs that are out there, if kids are home smoking a little pot and having a good time riding their skateboards or playing games, my God, do you want to push them out? They say that record number of youth are in, in these programs. That's because they arrest them and tell them, if you don't go into the program, we're going to ruin your life. So I don't think kids should party hard, but they want them to have other things to do. Well, I don't know, in adult world, where you go where there's not some sort of libation when people are partying, mostly it's alcohol. In the past, it's been tobacco, which just, people just smoke like a chimney. Couldn't give it a second thought. So that's one of those areas where you have to be open-minded. They're pushing for this because they don't want kids to smoke. Well, I don't think kids should do it either, but there's bigger issues at play. That's where we have to use our common sense. Mm -hmm.